Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Movie Bollocks. Um, so, it's been a little while and it's another, as you've seen, it's, a, it's another review um, edition. But the reason for that is I have got a, a couple of interviews lined up. Um, so Movie Bollocks is going to be getting um, a, a little bit of momentum coming your way. So I thought I would get all of this out the way um, so I'm not starting episodes with interviews in with a bunch of reviews at the front. It's all, you know, basically that's what's going on in my head. OK, so you are going to be getting um, uh, a few more regular Movie Bollocks in the coming weeks and months. This is basically the viewer's guide, um, part three. This is me going through 25 movies, I think it's 25, and five TV series, so you don't have to, as always. And, what the hell, why don't we just get on with it and steam in and see how quickly I can get through this. Okay, so, um, first up, Chaos Walking. Now, um... I will have a little bit more background info on all of these um, that, you know, I'm, you know, I'll go a little bit more in depth in some and I won't on others. Why don't I just get on with it? OK, stars Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, um, she of the uh, Star, uh, Star Wars franchise, he of the Spider-Man franchise. Um, it's it, it's of it's a movie of a book, um, I think. Um, I, you know, I, I, as always, I'm just giving you the review, seen the film, what did I think, not really bothered about, you know, oh, is it as good as the book? It's a film, it's a different medium, don't compare the two. Anyway, um, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I just thought it was a little bit different. Um, it was really well done. It was a slightly different concept. It's, it's not the usual, it's not what you're expecting. I mean, you know, it's you know it's set in the dystopian future and you're just thinking oh god really not again is it a bunch of kids running around in the woods trying to kill each other you know is it is it basically um you know i i nearly said lord of the rings is it is it sort of you know lord of the flies put to music with special effects um no it isn't it's certainly not lord of the rings either um it's a planet whereby um there's men's thoughts can be heard so it doesn't affect women but when men if men think they can be heard and they i don't think there's any women on the planet either it's a little while ago since i watched it so and so it's 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 really well done i all i i'm really not doing a great job of describing it to you okay i would say it's worth a watch others wouldn't but um it's interesting it's sci-fi and it's it's well done and also um, Tom Holland and Daisy, Daisy Ridley, both great, um, really good in it. And, you know, a, a, a nice kind of, um, they gel, they gel together. They gel really well together. Okay. So following on from Chaos Walking is Greta. Now this, this movie confused me. It really did, right? It's an hour and 38 minutes long. Now, director Neil Jordan. Written by Ray Wright, screenplay screenplay by Neil Jordan, stars Isabel Hooper, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, Maker Monroe, and I'm just thinking this has got all of the ingredients. A young woman befriends a lonely widow who's harbouring a dark and deadly agenda toward her. Now, this movie at times is so clunky and so bad. That you just think, is like, did they fall asleep on this day? Did they have games day? Did they all just bring board games in and go like, today doesn't matter? This, it is bizarre. I mean, um, Neil Jordan, who who I who I love, he he makes a he makes a um, uh, an appearance in this. God, for some reason I can't remember the word for um, fucking appearance. Um, but he makes eight cameos of what I wanted in this, in his own movie. And he's terrible. He's terrible in his own movie, right? He di- he directs himself from his own screenplay. And he's, he's bad. He's clunky. He's wooden. And at times there are scenes that are so fucking wooden. Something I'm going to point out to you now, which is supposed to be... I, I'll tell you now, right? This is supposed to be... this is supposed to be a twist the old woman can't really play the piano 
the thing is, as soon as you see her in the scene playing the piano, you just go, oh, she's not playing that. I mean, it's fucking obvious. And I'm not saying this as a movie nerd, as somebody who, like, you know, as soon as someone's playing a piano, my eyes zero in on their fingers to see if they're hitting all the right keys in the right place. Of course fucking not. How would I know? I can't play the bloody piano. But I know when someone has played the piano in the scene and they've lost the music. And I know when someone's hitting the keys and when someone's pretending to hit the keys. And that's supposed to be part of a major twist. And it just isn't. Also, keep an eye out for the bike. There is an... Okay, this is bizarre, right? There's an orange bike in this film, right? A push bike. Now, I don't know how much they were paid, right, to, uh, to product place this bike in the movie. Or what company owns the bike. But the bike keeps appearing... It appears three times, right? Pretty needless. My favourite one, my favourite one, there must have been somebody on set from the company, right? My favourite scene is Chloe Grace Moretz and her flatmate are having a chat in the flat whilst Chloe Grace Moretz rides said bike and it's a racing bike folks it's not a kid's little chopper it's a race you know like a proper adult racing bike with the curled handles yeah they have a conversation while she rides the bike around this huge kitchen because obviously you know it's a massive kitchen in a massive fucking uh, apartment uh, loft apartment in new york which as we all know costs like you know tenner a week um she's psych so one of them is talk she's talking to her whilst she cycles round her in the flat it's the most horrible kind of shitty wank love actually rubbish that british directors seem obsessed with oh i know what we'll do we'll have a cute scene where somebody rides a bike around in a house and the, and the other person talks to him he's like yeah do you know what that scene might have worked if a it didn't feel like such gratuitous um product placement and b if that's the kind of movie it was if it in any way you know, was fitted the tone. This movie is tonally all over the place. At times, it's supposed to be full-on, like, threat, life threat. And other times, it's supposed to be thrilling and mysterious. And some some of these scenes lack so much um, atmosphere. They lack a spark. They lack anything to draw you in because you're going from tone to tone and you're not you're just kind of not sure. So it keeps you shifting from foot to foot. And by the end of it, it finishes and you kind of go, Jesus Christ, there wasn't one thing in that that surprised me. There wasn't one. And, you know, I, I I'm reviewing it for you here. You please, and with some of these movies, I'm please, maybe I'm seeing something that doesn't exist. Please see them. Um, tweet me, um, get on the Instagram page. It's all talking bollocks. You can find it. Come on. Um, and, and let me know. Let me know what you think. Because I thought it was fuck. It just all over the shop. Absolutely all over the shop. Right. So anyway, moving on. Spent quite a lot of time on that. The Toll. Now, The Toll is um, it's functional. Okay, it is functional. There's nobody in it that you've you know you you know really heard of. Um, um, it's directed and written by Michael Nader. I don't know who that is. Jordan Hayes and Max Max Toplin and James McGowan star. Anyway, um, not bad, not bad. Little bit of a twist in it. It's an hour and twenty minutes. It's a couple driving off. Um, she gives uh, it, um, she gives him a lift. Um, or vice versa. I can't even remember that. Um, well, hey, look, it, actually, no, here we go. Socially awkward driver and a wary passenger tried to make their destination while being um, haunted by a supernatural threat. And that's a kind of good description. It's all right. There's some there's some little bits and pieces in it where you go, oh, yeah, OK, cool. Wasn't expecting that. And the performances are fine. The world building is fine. They stick to their own rules. Um and yeah, it was it was it was interesting. It was it was okay. If the toll two came about, I'd probably check it out at one hour twenty minutes. You know, I it, it's it's even if you don't like it, you're not going to be angry that you don't like it. Um, next up, the last Vermeer, starring um, Guy Pearce. This is a true story um, of a painter. I don't want to give too much away because. 
okay, he's a painter. Um, the Nazis have just been defeated. It's just after the Second World War. He's a failed painter, actually. Um, but he's an art dealer now. And he he is basically about to be arrested and put on trial for selling some of the most amazing arts work, artwork in Holland um, to Nazi officers and to see, to senior Nazis like Goebbels and people like that. Um, it's a true story, and Guy Pearce is great in it. And I yeah, just check it out. I I really enjoyed it. It's one of those things, again, where you go, oh, truth is stranger than fiction, isn't it, eh? Oh, I couldn't, you, you couldn't make, if somebody made that up and told you, you'd say, oh, no, I don't, I, that could never happen. Well, it happened. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's great. You know, it's kind of a war film, but not a war film. It's, well, it's not a war film, actually. It's more a film about art, but um, it's, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. So, well, you know, I really enjoyed it. I think it's really good um, and, and worth checking out from a historical point of view. And Guy Pearce, well, you know, if Guy Pearce is in it, I'll watch it. Um, speaking of Australian actors, Eric Gabbana stars in The Dry. By the way, um, all of these available somewhere. I think Greta is Netflix. Um, the Toll, I can't remember where you see that at the moment. The Last Vermeer, Amazon, but you have to rent it, you have to pay for it. Um, uh, now, The Dry... I can't quite remember where the, where I saw this. My apologies. Uh, starring Eric Banner, set in um, in Australia. It's an Australian movie, um, and it starts with Eric Banner is a cop coming back to like like you know, but a, a kind of undercover cop who's you know become quite famous, and he comes back to the little town that he's from. Town is stretching it, village more like. Um, and there's been a murder and he's kind of come back to be part of the funeral, but then asked to investigate and it gets kind of twisted. And I mean, it, it, two hours, it's called the dry because they've had, you know, they're well into a into a drought in this particular part of Australia. And um, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It's one of those movies that builds an atmosphere. Um, the dry is just a perfect title. It really, really is because this this whole movie is like a, it's so dry. It's like a tinderbox. You just like the the surrounding tundra um, in the movie. It's just like any it, it, the whole place looks like it could go up any minute. It's so dry, um, and the fractious relationships and it's just, and it's just, it's one of those movies where people are just acting their tits off and you don't notice until it's over and you go wow they like everybody was really good in that and eric banner is so watchable and i really enjoyed him in this absolutely excellent kept me gripped and it's just one of those movies that you just feel yourself just kind of you know you 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 just seep into it and at times you're not even sure why but it just works so i really enjoyed that great piece of australian movie making next up is nobody starring Bob Odenkirk? So you know that is um, uh, a star of Better Call Saul, star of Breaking Bad as Saul Goodman. Bob Odenkirk um, is nobody. That is who he is described of, uh, described as in the movie. It's a bystander who intervenes to help a woman being harassed by a group of men becomes the target of a vengeful drug lord, and. Um, that's basically sums up the entire movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. It is it's action with a smile on its face, with a with its tongue in its cheek, winking at you from the screen. But at no point is it a comedy. At no point does it disappear into something where you just think, "Oh, you've gone stupid now. You know, you've lost me now." No, nope, that never happens. Really enjoyed it. If you like action, yeah. Um, I mean, I personally, it's one hour, 32 minutes again. I I mean, you'll notice with me, I'm, if, if it's hitting a 90 minute time span, I am really, really loving it. Um, if it's longer and just as engaging, hurrah. Anyway, um, yeah, nobody, I can recommend that because I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, lots of violence, um, but also kind of like in a, in a, um, in a comedic way, yeah. So there's there's sort of you know comedic gross violence in there as well, um, but a, a really interesting take. Ultimately, a very cool action flick and a, and a very interesting take. And there is no doubt going to be a nobody too. 
my guess will be called, will be that it'll be called No Bodies. But there you go. Next up, White Tiger. White Tiger is on is on Netflix, I think, or Amazon. It's on one of the two. Free to watch. Absolutely superb. It is a two-hour story of a young Indian boy um, coming from his village. He's very poor. He's in a very low caste. And he explains his journey from his village to being the man he is today, who is quite a powerful man. And um, uh, it's... It's a fascinating look at India. It's a fascinating look at part of India that doesn't really ever get shown, which is the very, very poor part of India and the villages stuck in the middle of nowhere. And the fact that the caste system um, and how important that is in in Indian society to this day still exists. Um, And given with what's going on in India at the moment with with Corona and it becoming very, very clear that there is no kind of um, health system and that things like, you know, even sewers and drainage are lacking in some villages, which is, you know, horrendous to think about, given this country is supposed to be the next, you know, economic world superpower. Um, This film is seems like particularly well timed. Um, White Tiger. It's it. I, I. I mean, it's a. It's an action story. It's. It's kind of a love story. It's kind of a. Um, it's a life journey. It's a cautionary tale. Um, it's violent. I mean, it's. It really does. It, it's one of those movies that by the end of it you go, wow. Like you know, I, and I. I used this when I was talking about. Um, cherry the other week ago it's a journey it is a journey and you get to the end of the movie and you go wow that was you know that was quite a journey quite a trip um fascinating um everything is covered in it really honestly i i really do recommend white tiger especially because it's so different you know it's an indian film made in india it's all in english by the way in case you're worrying um, it looks fantastic. It's and there's bits of humour in there, and I mean, there's actually there's quite a lot of humour in it. Really enjoyed it. White Tiger. Next up, Love and Monsters, also on Netflix. Really enjoyed it. A really, really great take on again dystopian future. Um, basically, bugs, um, you know, bugs and creatures now rule the world after we fucked up. Um, and people have to like stay underground or stay in little gatherings. And if you're going to move across, you know, if you're going to move across the surface, you have to do very do so very carefully. Now, all of that sounds like really. I'll skip that. I've had enough of that. It's. I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was excellent. Um, just there, there is there is pathos. There is humour. There is not too much sentimentality. Sometimes these kind of movies can spend too much time for me building a subtext that is romantic um, and they don't hear it's there right from the outset it's on the surface Um, but it doesn't play a major role Um, really enjoyed it superb effects um, really interesting story uh, set you know set against a a kind of uh, backdrop that you're familiar with, you know, a dystopian world and something's happened and humans are fucked now, um, but does something completely different with it. And I really enjoyed it. Love and Monsters um, pisses all over that movie just called Monsters, um, which doesn't have any monsters in it. This one does much better. Anyway, sorry, just had to mention Monsters because I went to see that piece of shit at the cinema and it really annoyed me. Thank you, Gareth Edwards, you directing bastard. Anyway, next up, couldn't be more different. Now, when I watched this, it hadn't been nominated for an Oscar, and when, for, for an Oscar. And when I watched this, it hadn't won the Oscar for Best Documentary. But it is, has since won those prizes. prizes, totally deserves it. My Octopus Teacher. One hour and 20 minutes where you will sit with your mouth open going, wow, that is pretty, pretty amazing. You'll also sit with your mouth open going, wow, he is mad. <laughs> the main guy in it, um, who's awesome, who's great. He's not mad. Well, you know, every, everybody has their opinions. Um, uh, it's it's an amazing story about a guy who befriends an octopus that lives in the sea near him. And there you go. I mean, really? Surely that can't be true. We're back to Strangers and Fiction again, aren't we? But honestly... Check it out on Netflix. It won the Oscar for Best 
fucking documentary for fuck's sake next up complete opposite the angriest man in brooklyn very sadly robin williams's last ever film i gave it 20 minutes now to stop it was just terrible the directing um it, it's one of those things where when when you're watching scenes and you're thinking but this is this is really weird. This is like, why are they shouting? And why why are they like super angry? And, and what's going on here? And why don't I care about what any of them are doing or saying? And invariably, that's because you've got a director who's going, who's, who's asking for a particular type of performance from the actors. And it's, it, the, you know, whatever he's going for, whether it's completely over the top or whatever it is, I don't know. But it was just, it was just like, Watching a series of scenes with completely repulsive, unlikable characters in all of them. And nobody actually being likable. And that goes for everybody, including Robin Williams in this. It was just like... And just like scenes where, where you know, somebody would come in and say, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid so-and-so's not here. You're, like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to deal with me. And then this person just absolutely fucking losing them on it. And you, when you're watching it, you're just thinking... Why are you losing it? Why are you being an asshole? And it's like it's basically like a ten reaction to a five situation, and you look at it, you think, "What the fuck?" And it's just so jarring and so bad. I had to sack it off. If you get to the end, let me know. If you like it, tell me what I was missing. Next up, another Oscar nominee, um, Sound of Metal. Um, Riz Ahmed, who's in a lot of great stuff at the moment, um, and one of my favourite actors, um, Four Lions. Um, Mogul Mo, uh, Mowgli which is just awesome and anyway he's in Sound of Metal you all know nominated for a, uh, an Oscar uh, heavy metal drummer goes deaf and that's what it's all about it's all about it's a, it's a, a, a fellow metalhead sent me a message saying have you seen it mm, fucking boring it's, it's about one man's it's about a musician's um, life and about how it's altered and changed by the fact that he started losing his hearing and lo- and loses his hearing and what it does to him, what it does to his life, what it does to his relationships, what it does to his mentality, what it does to his career. Now, there's no exploding helicopters, funnily enough. And there's no fucking car chases. And there's not a load of metal in it. It's about the guy going deaf, yeah? It's about sound of, it's not about metal. Really enjoyed it. It's a real sort of meditative, uh, meditative piece. Um, it is one of those things where you just think, like, while you're watching it, you do, you, you kind of think, fuck me, man. That would be horrible. So, you know, if you fancy two hours of that, give it a go. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Next up, Without Remorse. Now, Without Remorse is the latest um, uh, Amazon Prime movie. And um, it, 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 it's, it's okay, it's all right. Um, I, well, actually, right. T- the full title is Tom, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, right? And it stars uh, Michael B. Jordan, who I really like. Um, and it comes in at 109 minutes. And it's all right, but it's just it's just nothing you've never seen before, you know? And it's one of those... It's one of those where... You know, someone's got to set up a bunch of people. Someone's got to get a bunch of people together so they can go and do a, a bunch of stuff. And there'll be somebody in charge who says, you get this bunch of people together and get the bunch of stuff. And this is why you're doing it and everything will be all right. And they go, OK, no worries. I'll go and get some people and we'll go get the bunch of stuff. And there's a few more meetings. And you think, yeah, someone's fucking somebody over somewhere. And oh, what a surprise. Yeah. It's OK. It's functional. It's not brilliant. Um, and Michael B. Jordan, I really, really like. He's not got a lot to do here, apart from he's clearly fucking bulked the fuck up and looks rock hard. But other than that, I, you know, OK. Now, next up, older, older uh, movie geek here has got a bit of embarrassing news. So I'm going to have to share this with you, so I may as well get on with it. OK, the next movie I'm going to review, I saw for the first time two weeks ago. And it's called Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> I'd never seen it. You all have. Yeah, sorry. Fucking great. Loved it. Spielberg. What can I say? 
next the hunt um this came out a couple of years ago and i kind of gave it a swerve at the time don't know why went back really enjoyed it well i do know why i've gone back to it because um paul waller he of the a year in horror podcast i suggest you subscribe you fucking idiot if you haven't already and even if you don't like horror i'd I'd subscribe because i subscribe just because i know paul and i like paul um thinking i wasn't into horror and then I realised, I really am. And I've watched loads of horror films. I've probably got more of them than anything else. What an idiot. But for some reason, in my own head, never considered myself a horror fan. So, maybe you are too. Maybe you are indeed as mad as I was. Anyway, The Hunt, really enjoyable. Bunch of people um, dropped into a field. They don't know why. People start shooting at them. They hide. They escape. You know, they they start getting away. And it's a game of cat and mouse. And it's clearly a bunch of people who've decided to hunt a bunch of other people. Um, However, the right wing and left wing politics um, of the USA are pretty much stamped like, like like names through rock. It's stamped through the movie that ultimately this is about the ongoing political debate between left and right in the States. Um, I thought it was a great action movie. I thought it was a a really sort of on the nose reflection of of the States and where it sits now. Um, But you know what? Fuck all that. Really good film. Really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Next up, Truth to Power. Wasn't expecting to watch this. Wasn't expecting to like this. But I did both. Truth to Power is surprisingly, um, it's, it's, well, it's called Truth to Power and it's kind of framed around Serge Tankian, the singer from System of a Down. Um, and I really didn't know his story and I really didn't know where he is now and, and what a figure he is to, um, to the Armenian people. Because this this movie is about Serge Tankian, System of a Down, but more importantly, and it's more about the the Armenian people, the um, and and wanting the the Armenian genocide to be recognised across the world um, as something that happened, as opposed to brushing it under the carpet and going, no, 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 that never happened. Um, and for your information, it was Turkey who um, exterminated and ethnically cleansed a bunch of uh, said Armenians. Now, I, again, and again, that is a very, very um, broad brushstroke painting of the situation. But anyway, ultimately, Truth to Power, fascinating documentary. Lots of System of a Down, lots of Surge, lots of... Um, well, it, it starts from the beginning of the band's career. I mean, it, it really is. If you're, if you're, look, if you're a System of a Down fan, you'll love it. If you are a fan of doc- documentaries, I think you'll enjoy it. If you are interested in that part of the world and, and just international politics in general. But you know what? If you just like really interesting documentaries where you come away and go, wow, I have no idea. Truth to power. Definitely worth a watch. Next up, Freeway. Why did I watch Freeway, bearing in mind it's from, like, years ago? Well, I watched it because, again, a year in horror podcast. Did a little review on it, and I thought, that sounds interesting. And, um, wow, yeah, um, it is kind of bizarre. Um, it's from many years ago. There are... There, um, uh, Kiefer Sutherland is at his absolute creepiest in this movie um it stars reese sutherland uh, reese sutherland stars reese witherspoon who's brilliant and very early in her career and um uh, as i mentioned uh, earlier uh, Kiefer sutherland and a twisted take on little red riding hood with a teenage juvenile delinquent on the run from a social social worker traveling to her grandmother's house and being hounded by a charming but sadistic serial killer and paedophile um that would be Kiefer sutherland um, I mean, if that if that doesn't strike you as a right laugh, <laughs> I don't know what will. Um, it's now on forty two minutes. Um, I really enjoyed it. Ex- executive producer is um, is Oliver Stone on this, and that should tell you, you know, all you need to know. Um, yeah, it, 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 it without doubt it does feel a bit clunky because of its age, um, but really, really enjoyed it. 
it was absorbing. Some of the action in it is terrible. I mean, laughable, but certainly worth um, certainly worth a watch if you're in the mood and if you can hang in there long enough. Um, next up, I'm going to review three movies together because they're not far off the same thing. Page eight, Turks and Caicos and Salting the Battlefield. Now, these three movies um, all star um, Bill Nye as Johnny Warricker. Now, Johnny Warricker would appear to be a bit of a spy, you see. That's my um, Bill Nye impression. I'm going to try and stay clear of the impressions. Although my Cheech Marin one has received some pretty good reviews. Uh, my Dave Mustaine one, however, not so. Um... But in all seriousness, right, um, Johnny Warricker is a, you know, a, a UK um, spy. The, the list, the list of um, uh, cast, well, sorry, the list of cast, the cast list um, of these movies is absolutely phenomenal. Because across these three films, you've got, uh, well, you've got Bill Nye in all of them. Um, you've got Rachel Weiss, um, you've got Rachel Weiss, Tom, um, Tom Hughes, um, oh, what's her name? Um, Helen Bonham Carter, uh, just the list, the list goes on and, um, uh, what's his name's in it as well? Uh, oh, honestly, this is killing me. Sorry. I'm I'm going to tell you so. Ralph Fiennes is in it. That's the one. Um, is it? And Michael Gambon. And Felicity Jones. Um, and Saskia Reeves. I mean, and Ralph Fiennes, uh, who I've already mentioned. Um, it, it, honestly, it really is. It re- All three movies are, are worth a watch. But I, I can tell you now, oh, Judy Davis is in it as well, and she's fantastic. What I can tell you is that, no, it's not James Bond. Um, it's all very gentle. Oh, Christopher Walken is in one of them as well. Um, it's all very gentle. It's all very all very British. And he's very, yes, I'm, yes, well, I'm, I'm a civil servant. I wouldn't call myself a spy. And it's all, you know, it's all like kind of that and a little bit of jazz in the background. And, and before you know, oh, bloody hell, two hours has gone by. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Um, or an hour and a half. I think they're all around an hour and a half. And it's just three movies that have got the same kind of vibe that they never seem to build to a climax. There never seems to be, um, you know, a real threat or jeopardy. Um, but you're just constantly engaged. And it's, it, I, I don't know if it's the acting, the writing, all three movies written by David Hare. Um, they, and it's just, yeah, all three movies were made around the same time, three years between all three. Well, basically all three movies were made in a three-year window. And it just seems to be just a really, really nice vibe. I enjoyed hanging out with these movies, which is kind of how it feels. That's that's the best way I could describe it. So, um, so there you go. That was page eight, Turks and Caicos and Salting the Battlefield. Next up, The Woman in the Window, starring Amy Adams. This is on either Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember which one it has come on to at the moment. And, um, yeah, um, she's in it. She's great. Gary Oldman's in it. He's all right. Um, and it's, yeah, it's kind of there. Oh, um, and Julianne Moore's in it as well, although not very long. And everyone's really good in it and it's OK. But it's one of those it's one of those where you get the feeling that they're trying to build suspense. And the thing is, if you're watching something and you're thinking they're trying to build suspense, they probably haven't built it. Now, for some reason, I I just found it I found it difficult to engage with. I found it difficult to get into. I just kind of I mean, you know, um, Gary Oldman comes in all you know, grey haired, shouting and ranting, doing his best chewing scenery, and yeah, it, it's kind of I don't know when it's finished. I, I thought right, okay, well that happened and that, and they turned out to be that, and they did that, and ah oh, right, okay, yeah. I wonder why, when I had all of that together, that I didn't enjoy it more. Yeah, because all the pieces and parts are there, but I just, I didn't get more out of it. And maybe you will. The woman in the window, there you go. Next up, 
watched this very recently, Army of the Dead. Now, Army of the Dead is the new um, Netflix project from none other than Zack Snyder. Now, he of the um, the Snyder Cut, funnily enough, um, he brings us Army of the Dead. Following, here we go, following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heights ever attempt, uh, heist ever attempted. Story by Zack Snyder, Shay Hatton and uh, Joby Harold. Well, stars um, Dave Bautista, Ella Purnell, and then quite a few people you've never heard of, or at least I've never heard of. So anyway, um, yeah, it's it's two and a half hours, and I I remember watching it, and we got to one and a half hours. I got to I got to an hour in, and I thought you could either start the movie at this point, or you could have condensed the previous hour into about twenty minutes. It's really weird because it's it's almost like you get this whole setup that's now normally the point of that is to make you feel about the characters. It's to get you involved and engaged with the characters uh, and really engage with them because of the journey they're going to go on. Now, if you're Zack Schneider, that takes you an hour. If you're Ridley Scott, you can do that in about 15 to 20 minutes. Because that's what he does at the beginning of Black Hawk Down. He manages to introduce a shitload of characters that you don't know from Adam. And after 15 or 20 minutes, drops them in the meat grinder. They're all getting shot at. And you care. It's amazing. Um, with this, it's... Yeah, it unfilmed as Zack Schneider. It's all right. It's okay. It's two and a half hours. There's plenty of action. There's plenty of zombie. I, I mean, I'd love to say there's plenty of surprises, but it's Zack Schneider. Never is. Um... Yeah, it's all right. Not bad. I didn't feel like, you know, I, I wasn't like, there's two and a half hours of my life I'm never going to get back. I just thought, yeah, okay, that was all right. You know, some big set pieces, some stuff happened, some shit went down. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it, I mean, uh, it's not a zombie movie, but it's also not a heist movie. And I think it ends up being not a lot of things, but not actually being something. There you go. Next up, the standoff at Sparrow Creek. Now, I found this on Amazon and I thought, with a title like that, I just rolled straight into it off the back of Army of the Dead, actually. And um, 90 minutes, it's one of the... I ignore the description where it tries to draw parallels with fucking Reservoir Dogs and all sorts. It's got an it, absolute... That's a joke. It's a waste of time. It's a really, really interesting premise. I don't want to tell you what it is. All I would say is... The stand up at Sparrow Creek, if after 10 minutes you're not interested or it's not for you, you will be able to make that decision because we don't hang about. We get straight into it. Same way you do with Reservoir Dogs. That's about the only comparison that stands up. Um, I enjoyed it. Some great acting, great script. You're not looking for constant um, twists, but it is one of those movies where you're in a room with a bunch of guys. Someone did something. Who is it and why? And that is what they're all asking themselves. And it's one of those movies where, let's say, there's like eight people in a room. There isn't. There's nine people. There's the eight of them and there's you constantly trying to figure out along with them. And that's for me when I know something's really worked is when, you know, you're in there with them. Um, next up, Anti-Life. Um this is on Netflix. It stars Bruce Willis. Um, they're on a spaceship. They're going to New Earth because we knackered Old Earth. Something's on the ship. Ooh, what's going to happen? If you want to watch a movie that has absolutely no surprises and that hits every single possible stereotype you can imagine on the head over and over again, where you can literally tick everything off you know you can tick off all of the i wouldn't do that if i were you moments you can tick off all of the yeah he's not who he says he is all i mean absolutely if you just want to take your brain out and put it in a bowl of fucking disinfectant then anti-life is for you because it will wipe your brain whilst you sit there 
There's nothing here that you haven't seen before anywhere else. It's done no better anywhere. Well, it's done better elsewhere. It's certainly, it it just is really, really just standard sci-fi. Ooh. And, And it still, still takes too long. It's only 90 minutes and it still takes too long to really get going. Anyway. Uh, final movie now, Wrath of Man. I watched this last night. It is the new Guy Ritchie movie. Um, and it does star Jason Statham, the Stath, who I have had lunch with when he was going out, um, yeah, years ago. Anyway, uh, yeah, long story. I'll tell you that sometime. I've probably already told you that before. Anyway, um, Right, so a few things about this. Right, first up, I am a card. I am a card-carrying member of the Guy Ritchie is a dick um, fan club. I don't think Lockstock is all that. I don't think Snatch is all that. I really don't think. Yeah, I just don't think he's all that. Um, I, he's also made probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, and I would tell you what that is, but I think I've wiped it from my my brain. For some reason, it's gone blank and I can't remember. But anyway, um, Wrath of Man. Now, this for me, I don't know. It's a weird one. Again, it's like the movie, the movie starts, you get about an hour in and then it spends and then it just goes off in another direction and spends half an hour kind of giving you the backstory on people that you thought you already knew and that backstory doesn't tell you any any more really about them than you already knew and so that's a bit weird um good sound design really enjoyed the sound design on this as in it's just it's doing something different really different and just changing grooves and not the normal guy Ritchie, you know just fucking tarantino copy um Statham is, uh, you know, Statham does his, yeah, all right, why don't you let me buy you a beer? Just drink it over there, all right? He's doing that performance, right? He's fucking hard. And he turns up to work for a uh, security company in in, in a truck that, you know, transports cash. We've also seen, right at the beginning of the movie, a heist take place. And it is, for me, Guy Ritchie tries, right from the outset, to build suspense. It didn't quite work for me, because during the raid, some people are killed, and one of the people who who is killed, it gets cut off as to who they are or what they are before the scene ends. So straight away, I'm thinking, right, well, let's flag that up. And there's a very good reason for that being flagged up. So it, it but it, it kind of, I don't know, when you've watched as many movies as I, you, you know, you know these tricks, you see it coming, you go, right, okay, so, right. and I'm sure, you know, that, but then again, this isn't necessarily a movie about big reveals. I think you kind of always know who um, Jason Statham is. And and why he's there and what he's doing and basically he get he gets a, a job working for the armored truck company um, who were raided and we saw that raid in the first scene we see that raid several times through the films from different angles we see him become an employee and start getting embedded with the uh, the other employees but but it's kind of really weird as well because you end up he throws in a six months previously. And you go, oh, right, okay, we're going back six months. And you see a scene, you go, okay. Then it goes three months later. And you're thinking, right, okay. Well, okay, so it was six months previously. So three months later, is this now three months previously? Or is this three months later from the time before we went back six months? <laughs> so you can you, you can go like, and then, oh, right, no, okay. You, so you kind of catch up. And then you go, oh, and then four months later, and then three months later. And, six, and after a while, you're thinking, is there going to be a flash card any minute? Go two minutes previously. Um, these are, I mean, I, I find it hard not to have a dig at, um, at Guy Ritchie, um, because it's quite easy, but do you know what? I got to the end of this movie, two hours, no surprises at all, but technically really well made, beautifully shot, um, held together, good sound design. And I just thought, yeah, you know what? I've, I enjoyed that. 
I doubt I'll ever watch it again because there's literally it's all on screen. You know, there's no there's, you're not going to watch this again and go, oh, right. Because for me, I kind of I could pretty much I kind of saw what was going to happen before it happened at every stage, but still enjoyed it. And there's a certain, you know, there is there, there is without doubt a credit in that because, you know, ultimately, if I knew what was going to happen and I still enjoyed it, then it's done all right. So there you go. That was Wrath of Man. That's the end of the movies. OK, let's smash into the series straight away. First up, Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. Um, interesting. It's clearly a Netflix version of The Boys, although completely dissimilar. The only similarity is that they are about superheroes and here we get a bunch of old superheroes kind of coming under threat and from a new from a new enemy so we hear about how they got their powers in the first place and we we see their journey if you want to where they are now and it becomes clear to me that with only eight episodes in this first series the next series is going to be they're going to be fading out the older superheroes and we'll end up with just another superhero program and that's fine that's what it was meant to do um, apparently this could have been a, um, a movie or a series of movies, but the writer was told, look, let's do this as TV. Otherwise you're going to end up doing, you know, having to chop huge parts out. You're not going to be able to give characters their backstory, et cetera, et cetera. And then you end up with Justice League, the Snyder Cut. So instead, why don't we make it as a, as a, as a TV series? Um, watched all eight episodes very quickly enjoyed it um there's some really good there is some good good lines in there some good humor in there there's some interesting and it's an interesting take and it's an interesting look if you're into superheroes jupiter's legacy you probably want to watch it if you're not into superheroes jupiter's legacy you probably don't want to watch it now another shout out for animal kingdom okay great great tv series on netflix um three series there's a fourth series if you can find it um elsewhere i've also watched that really enjoyed it um and yeah uh, i know i've mentioned it before but seriously if you like piggy binders if you like sons of anarchy if you like that kind of thing definitely definitely worth a watch and the the matriarch of this family smurf oh my god she is just fuck she is the tony soprano she really is. She is the Jack's teller. She she is the fucking uh, Tommy from Peaky Blinders, you know? It is just... Anyway, uh, Animal Kingdom. Go find it. Check it out. Next up, I'd already got this on my list because there's a first series and I love it. And it seems to have... I don't know. Not many people seem to know about it. And season two came out. Um, before I could record this, and I've watched all that as well, and that is Love, Death and Robots. It's on Netflix. They are all short films, and when I say short films, I don't think there's... There's not even one that reaches 15 minutes, right? So you've got no reason... Series 1 is about 16 episodes. Series 2 is only 6, right? There is every kind of entertainment you can imagine, but they are all CGI. All of them are CGI. It's all animation... Some of them, some of them are amazing. They're brilliant. Honestly, some are hilarious. Some are horrific. Some are funny. Some are tragic. I, I cannot recommend Love, Death, and Robots enough. You will honestly. You sit down, watch a couple, and you'll be rocking. And you and you may well end up sitting down and you go before you know it. You've, like you've watched three or four, and like you know, hour, hour and a half's gone by, and you're going, "Hey, what happened?" Um, or you might just have like a little bit of time to spare. Anything? Oh, I know. I'll watch. Seriously, love Death and Robots. Can't speak highly of it enough. Also, um, I binged The Nevers, which has just been on Sky. Um, and yeah, it's it's not bad. Not bad. Enjoyed it. Um, well, I, I, I binged it. Some some great um, some great um, dialogue, etc. But that's not totally surprising as it was originally put together by Joss Whedon, who's since said that um, he, he'd like to, you know, that he's not going to be doing any more. He was kind of kicked off it for uh, being a twat back in the day, basically. Uh, and that, I, I've, done my, I've done my research. I'm a big Joss Whedon fan. But by the sounds of it, yeah, he was an arsehole on previous sets. And I don't necessarily mean a 
um, a rapey, smarmy arsehole, but just a, um, as somebody described it, unnecessarily cruel. He seemed to find belittling people funny. Anyway, Laura Donnelly stars in this. She's fantastic. Um, And I, yeah, really, um, it's pretty, yeah, pretty darn enjoyable. An epic tale following a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies and a mission that might change the world. And for five episodes, it, it ties up after five episodes. And you go, hang on, there's, a, there's another episode left. And then this episode six happens and you go, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, it's really typical Joss Whedon. Um, there's clearly quite a lot at, at, at work here. And it's not necessarily all immediately apparent. So I, you know, I'd, I'd seriously, seriously give Nevers um, a bit of a watch. I enjoyed it. Um, it does remind me a little bit of um, uh, an Amazon series that they that they have on um, about people with special powers, you know, and, and, and all of that kind of thing. But... It was a completely refreshing new take on it. And um, and yeah, really enjoyed it. So check that out. Now, finally, the last TV series I'm going to mention. I, can't, I don't know how many of you are going to be bothered about this. But on Sky at the moment, you can watch all four seasons of Gomorrah. That is the Italian uh, mafia-based TV show. Um, I am about four episodes off finishing episode four at the moment. I've watched them from beginning to end. All... Um, because a friend of mine uh, told me and said, look, you've got to watch all of these. So I have really, really enjoying it. Ultimately, it's like Italian Sopranos, except of anything, it's kind of harder. I mean, it's brutal. It really is. No one is safe. Anyone can die at any minute. It's just fantastically done. Now, um, obviously, if that's your kind of thing, Go for it. I watch it with subtitles. I couldn't even tell you if there is if there's a dubbed version available, but really enjoyed it. And I'm not going to say any more about it because a future guest is the person who told me all about it. We are no doubt going to be having quite a chat. And in fact, that might be the next time you hear from me from a movie bollocks will be with said friend who mentioned Gamora. So there you go. We got to the end. 25 movies, five TV series, all under 50 five minutes that ain't bad is it well look i hope some of that is useful um i hope you know i might have agreed agreed with you i might have disagreed with you you may have heard of things there where you think oh i'll give that a go that sounds quite interesting well if that's the case you're welcome and if not and if that's not the case my apologies we either way hope you've really enjoyed listening it's been a pleasure chatting to you there'll be another movie bollocks soon happy watching folks Thank you.